Hey friend, are you asking yourself, is this what I really want to be doing with my life? I don't think so. I think there's something else that I'm meant to be doing. Welcome to the Painting Your Path podcast, where we have real conversations about what it takes to step out, be bold, and do you. I'm your host, Clarissa Castillo-Ramsey. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. Before I get into today's episode, I just wanted to share a couple things. The first thing is it's almost the end of 2022, right? And before we get into the holidays, I do want to share a last class that I'm offering. It's called the What Are You Waiting For? Masterclass, and it is a three-part series. It's going to be live online. And it's for the aspiring creative entrepreneur who hasn't quite started yet. And let me just share a little bit about what we're going to cover. So day one is all about shushing that inner critic that keeps us from getting started. So that's what we're going to work on. We're going to work on our minds and ourselves because really in order to move forward, we've got to start from within. Day day two is going to be all about talking about your creative business idea. Whether you have too many ideas or no ideas at all, you're not sure where you want to start. That's what we're going to talk about and talking about how you can monetize your idea. And then day three is all about visibility. Once you've done some inner work, once you've got your idea, we're going to talk about how we're going to get the word out there, how we're going to be visible. So that's what we're going to cover in the three-day series. What are you waiting for? If you want to learn more, the link will be in the show notes. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I want to share is maybe you have attended my past classes or summits. Maybe you're ready to take the next step to create your corporate exit plan and start building your creative business. Maybe you're already ready. So I do want to share that I'm offering, not I'm offering, but I'm having, I'm starting launching my six month program starting in January. So if you want to connect with me to see if you're a fit, please head over to the show notes and just book a painting your path coffee chat and we can talk more about it then. All right, so on to the show. I have Leah Benson back with us. And so if you have not heard part one, I'm just going to suggest you go back to that. And in today's conversation, just a warning, we are going to be talking about psychedelics. So if that is not your jam, may I suggest you skip this episode, but we're really going to be talking about psychedelics and how that can aid in creativity and aid in painting your path. So if that sounds intriguing to you, let's dive in. Welcome back everyone to another interview on painting your path. And I'm so excited to bring back Leah Benson. This is part two of our conversation. So if you have not heard part one of my episode with Leah, pause, stop, go back and listen to episode one and then come back to us. Okay. 
All right. So now I'm just going to assume you have listened to episode, the first part of our, our conversation. So Leah, welcome back. Thank you very much. Happy to be back. <laughs> yeah. And so, so something that we talked about that Leah alluded to in, in our last conversation was the use of psychedelics in, um, you know, our creativity and painting our own path. So this is where we're going to pick up and continue that part of our conversation. But first, I am going to have Leah just talk a little bit about her her therapy practice and how it has evolved over time and how this has now been incorporated in her current practice. So Leah, take it away. All right. Well, so um, I began uh, in 2001 and I, I started uh, in the, what, what in uh, the therapy world is, is called depth psychology. Um, and I won't really go into it further than that, but Fast forward to uh, 2010 or 2011, and I, I, I thought to myself, I have got to get people into their bodies. Uh, it's just, you know, that too much in the head, not enough real shifts. So I started um, practicing body, uh, body psychotherapy, and um, fast forward to 2020, and well, 2018, people started asking me, you know, what I'd heard about ketamine and psychedelics to facilitate, you know, m- mental health journeys. And um, I hadn't heard anything. <laughs> so uh, I started doing my research. And in 2020, um, I started uh, doing ketamine-assisted psychotherapy and, you know, guiding people in uh, using ketamine to facilitate their, their mental health journeys and, and goals. So that is kind of the progression. Uh, and I see that I see psychedelics and ketamine, uh, and I, I, di- I differentiate them, and I'll explain that in a minute. But um, I see them as a tool, much in the same way that the bioenergetic exercises um, that we talked about in our in the last part of our conversation um, are facilitative of reaching your goals, whether you want to call them mental health goals or relationship goals or painting your path goals, your you know your work goals, your you know productivity goals, etc. So that is the that's the little a summary there. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, and let's just dive in. Um, how, how can the use of psychedelics really help us in painting our path? Okay. So the thing about um, psychedelics is they put you in a sort of non-ordinary state of consciousness. I mean, that's kind of the, 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 the sort of simplest way for me to explain what they do. And, and what that means is, you know, there's a sort of state of mind that's really important to be in to get things done. So, you know, kind of just focus and push forward. Um, psychedelic. So, sorry, then there's the, the, a state of mind for, you know, being creative and letting go and finding relaxation, um, all of which facilitate our paths in another way. Um, so psychedelics and ketamine really facilitate that non-ordinary state of consciousness or relaxation. And, um, you know, what's coming to my mind at the moment is to just, uh, speak to the idea that, you know, wait a sec, like (laughs) the psychedelics, what? Um, so when I talk about, you know, facilitating painting your path, right. 
I'm not, I'm not uh, talking about, you know, doing crazy deep dives, you know, or, you know, heroic doses of psychedelics or, or anything like that. I'm, I'm really thinking more of like a sort of there's, cause there are different ways to, to use psychedelics uh, and ketamine, the larger doses that are sort of mystical experiences and smaller doses that are sort of, um, you know, exploratory or creative or analytical uh, psycholytic. That's a, another word for it. So um, in that they, it's a very long answer to say it, that, to say that to, in facilitating, assisting in painting your path, they really move you into a, uh, a more expansive state of consciousness, which sounds kind of bizarre, but let's just substitute the word creative for expansive. Um, it's, it's the sort of for, for the, the mind state of creativity that is one important aspect of painting your path. So that's how. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause you know, I, I can already hear people saying, wait a minute, psychedelics. Like I did that in my twenties and um, I don't know if I want to repeat that again. And so thank you for, for sharing about that. And I would love for you to just talk a little bit about, well, your experience in using this in your practice and what are maybe some of the outcomes that you have seen from, from this psychedelic assisted therapy, if I'm using Mm -hmm. the right language. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to say it. Right. So, well, so, wow. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So beginning, like I said, in 2020, um, starting to uh, work with people who were um, there's a, you know, going to the ketamine clinics and then coming to see me for therapy. Um, But also, you know, guiding people, sitting with people uh, and sort of doing those lower analytic doses and kind of talking through uncomfortable experiences they've had that they were, have been, had been previously unable to talk through or really working with people through a, you know, like a six month or year long process of sort of beginning uh, a, a journey with a psychedelic. And, and when I say this in my practice, it's, it's um, because ketamine is the only sort of fully legal psychedelic, even though it's a, what's called a non-traditional psychedelic. Um, I'm talking about ketamine in working with people. Um, so what I've seen is like ketamine facilitating the speed of therapy, for instance, like, let's just say one session facilitated through ketamine in that session or the take, you know, sort of taken the day before, and then the therapy is the day after, is that the work that gets done, and the, the changes in in people's brains that occur, um, make one session of therapy turn into the, the value of about 10 sessions of therapy. So it just, you know, the, the changes that occur in the brain, really, I'm just going to use the word facilitate again, um, you know, the, the chemical soup in the brain <laughs> yeah, allows them to, to understand things from a different perspective and l- we'll say learn faster. And it, and it really is, you know, that there's something in, in the world of psychedelics you hear about called plasticity, which is your, your brain's ability to learn. Yeah. Um, and there is a window of opportunity that is created 
with a psychedelic. And lots of other things will create this um, state in the brain, but it's not as sort of intense in those other methods as the, as it is with under under the influence of a psychedelic. Anyway, <clears throat> so you get this window of opportunity where your brain just sort of is like a sponge. You turn more, your brain turns more like that of a child where the effort in learning is not required. It just happens. It's just great. Yeah. Um, and, and that same, that, that same brain state is it's, it's a very creative brain state. It's um, it just, you know, your brain talks to itself, so to speak in, in new ways. So the way it's worked in, in, like I said, in, in, the, in my practice um, is that people just, they find themselves more open to things that they kind of knew that would be helpful to them, but they never started doing um, or understanding, you know, historical experiences from a new perspective, right? Like um, just kind of it, it, the impact of some past experience that was like really overwhelming is it, just suddenly not overwhelming anymore. And yeah, I'm actually writing a book <laughs> that yes. much more in depth. It's called, um, I'm almost done with it. It's called uh, the, I'm calling it the beginner's guide to ketamine therapy for professionals and skeptics. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, yeah, it, it just creates an openness of understanding and an ease of learning mm-hmm. uh, that is, it, like I said, facilitative of, you know, mental health, relationships, your perspective on the world, your perspective of yourself um, and any goals that you have, including those in, you know, painting your path in your work right. life. Um, it's so that's kind of how I've been using it uh, with folks in my, in my practice, in my therapy practice. But I've also, I, I've been building my own um, experience and, and understanding of the, the different, um, the different molecules, right? So ketamine um, being legal, you can you know, access it anywhere. And because I'm, you know, I'm a licensed professional, I'm very careful about when and how I, you know, engage in these things. So for instance, psilocybin, not, nothing else is legal everywhere. And psilocybin, the mushrooms, um, are legal in certain jurisdictions, or they're not, not legal, but, but decriminalized. And mm-hmm. so I have, uh, I became familiar with the psilocybin uh, and, and its value and its, you know, sort of subjective experience for me. And um, so I, <laughs> I, I've also um, had experiences of using, so I've had experiences of a very high doses and very low doses. And like I said, so this sort of mystical experience dose, these are very high doses of these psychedelics. Um, and, the, but the lower doses opening up creativity, um, yes. both, both ketamine and, and um, psilocybin, the opening up creativity um, in a very gentle way. It's not an overwhelming experience. You don't sort of lose touch with like, you know, the, the normal sensory like data that's coming into your eyeballs and ears. <laughs> change. Um, but you, your mind kind of opens in this a very gentle, creative way. And if you have a goal of, let's just say, you know, figuring out what is my next step, you know, in painting my path, um, right. that, that, you know, a, a sort of easy two or three hour um, journey experience facilitated by, you know, a, a low dose of, 
um, of psilocybin uh, is very valuable to being in that space that is, well, again, facilitative of your creative process. Yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of the long and short. I uh, love it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, thinking back to traditional, I don't know what to call it, traditional therapy that I had deep uh, Mm -hmm. depth therapy, as you said, Mm -hmm. and just thinking about the years, I mean, nothing's, you know, wasn't wasted time, but it was just, it took for some things, it took a really long time. And I can see how with this, how quickly that, that can maybe shift perspective, open up your mind, as you said, Mm -hmm. just to seeing things in a different way that, you know, maybe just by talking and again, being in, being really in your, in your head about that, Mm-hmm. And having to process it and, and it taking a long time. So I think that's mm-hmm. really cool that we have options now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really wonderful that the the use of these, I mean, I think, you know, there was some really irresponsible like ideas back in the day um, that, you know, kind of, well, put, <laughs> put psychedelics sort of, you know, in, the, in a closet and locked them away for, you know, from the world, at least around here in the U S um, right. Like, so, right. so there are people who, who were victims of the drug war, you know, because of the policing and such. And there were those of us who were victims of the drug war in that we, we did not know the value of psychedelics. Um, and we, we, the value of them was really lost to us in our journeys, you know, in our early, our early adulthood, you know, so there's, you know, 20 years of value that, that could have been uh, ascertained from the use of psychedelics for, you know, for those of us who were too goody two shoes, you know, <laughs> to do, <laughs> do that illegal stuff. Cause I know, I right. know I was those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. that is true. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, we're not talking, um, heroic doses, where exactly. you're, you know, this is, this is something, this is something different. So sure. Yeah. There's, a place there's absolutely, sure. you know, I mean, that's a, that's another conversation to conversation, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, to facilitate and assist on painting your path. You know, it's, it's really small. You know, I want to tell you a story specifically yeah. how, um, how low doses, uh, or, you know, low to me, you know, low medium doses, uh, of these psychedelics can be helpful for creativity. So, there was a story um, back in the days of the research in the 60s-ish, I think, late 50s maybe, um, where one of the researchers took a group of professionals, you know, architects and engineers and physicists and um, maybe even a novelist and all these people who had very specific problems to solve. You know, they these are problems, you know, just work things that they had been trying to find solutions for, you know, creative solutions for. And um, it was probably six people. And it was men at the time, because, you know, that's just how it was back then. They're the ones in the workforce, basically. Um, And they all took a, you know, a small dose of, I think it was mescaline, um, which is, um, you know, it's kind of got the same chemical properties as psilocybin, you know, underneath. So they had their journeys. And then at the end, 
they spent time, you know, two or three hours, like really, because their intention was to come up with a solution for whatever the problem was. And then they spent two or three hours really just, you know, like writing down everything around that problem that kind of came to them after their, their, their little, their little journey with the medicine. And, um, and then they were checked up on, I think three weeks later, I might be completely butchering, you know, the details of this story, but they were checked in on later and every single one of them had come up with a solution that like, and, and more than one solution in some cases, but that they solved their problem and money was made and deals were closed as a result <laughs> uh, of this psychedelic moment they had given themselves to get in that creative state of mind and solve their problems. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a really important piece of information to know is that like in research, um, th this is known to have occurred. So. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that story. And I can, and I can see why and how that happened. So I'm glad it was documented. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there, well, as we wind down, Leah, anything else that you want to share on this, on this topic or anything about painting your path? Goodness. I feel like anything I say is just going to make me sound like a, you know, a drug proselytizer. <laughs> no, I, but uh, yeah, it, you know, any, any tool that you can find that doesn't have more downsides than upsides to, to get you moving toward your goals, go for it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, Oh, I just, I can't help myself. I don't know if this is, if I'm allowed to do this, but I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. So Clarissa and I have been collaborating on an idea yes. to do a little something, um, in, uh, around this topic <laughs> yes um to facilitate those who want to get more creative on their uh, and in painting their path so yeah i'll let you say more about that if you want to oh yeah sure no thanks for saying that yeah that is coming coming and you will hear more about it as we figure out the details but uh, at the time of this recording we have been talking about doing a a short-term retreat is what I'm going to call it in quarter one of 2023 to really set your, set off your, your new year, feeling good, um, creating goals and having a great experience. So more to come on that. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Well, that'll do it. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week. And until then, keep painting your path. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Leah. Would love to hear what you are taking away. Feel free to message me on social and let me know there. And just a reminder, next week is my What Are You Waiting For? Masterclass happening December 14th, 15th, and 16th. If you'd like to learn more, head on over to the show notes and just click the link. And if you are ready to paint a new path in 2023 and you want to learn more about my Painting Your Path group coaching program, please feel free to book a chat with me. You can just use the link that's in the show notes um, to book a coffee chat and we'll go from there. And then last but not least, 
we let the cat out of the bag, we are doing, Leah and I are doing a retreat in Q1 of 2023. I think it's probably going to be March and it's going to be in St. Pete's, Florida. So more to come on that, but just wanted to at least give you a little bit of a timeline and a location. So more to come on that. Thank you again for tuning in and until then, keep painting your path.